Puff Puff Cry? This week on the Story Song Podcast. I hear the tale of love is glory. Three friends who took inventory All the songs that tell a story. It's the Story Song Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Story Song Podcast. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. Every episode on this show, we walk you through the wonderful world of a story song. And this week, Rachel wants to see if she can make grown men cry, because we are talking about Puff the Magic Dragon by Peter, Paul, and Mary. Spoiler alert. All three of them. She can make us cry. (laughs) This is a biggie, obviously. This actually feels a little bit more like going back to our roots, because I feel like, you know, we we, kind of, well, we we stress the definition of a story song, if I'm being quite quite frank about what we do around here at uh story song podcast incorporated but um <laughs> story song hq this yeah. is unquestionably this is unquestionably a story song yes it tells a story got a beginning a middle and an end sure. which i've never i've ever i've never actually heard i don't know what happens at the end i assume everything works out fine um and puff and, <laughs> and jackie live happily ever after yeah. forever and ever with no problems yeah. um but uh, yeah, uh, Rachel, mm-hmm. any thoughts on this song before we get into it? No, it's just a lovely story about um, about a young boy and his toy dragon uh, having adventures. And uh, it's, like you said, nothing sad happens in it. And um, we all have smiles on our faces and our makeup doesn't run and we don't ugly cry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, we're very specific about all the things we don't do, yeah. which is weird. <laughs> really, really yeah. going down a very specific list mm-hmm. of things that definitely have not happened and will not happen yes. in relation to this song. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Puff the magic dragon lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Hanali. Little Jackie Paper. Loved that rascal pop and brought him strings and sealing wax and other fancy stuff. Oh, pop the magic dragon. You could tell that this is the early 60s because real estate prices by the sea in Hanalee <laughs> right now. <laughs> you couldn't, a dragon couldn't afford that. No, no. Right. A blue collar dragon? A blue collar dragon can't. No. Here's the thing, though, Michael. the The magical land of Hanalee, right? Yeah. Is like the meat packing packing district. Exactly. Like at a <laughs> at a time, you could get a loft for a steal, Insane. like literally nothing. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were yeah. giving them away. Exactly. They were giving them away. Like you could be an artist that sells like two pieces a year. And you could live comfortably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in either again in the Meatpacking District or in Honolulu. Now, I Forget mean, it. it's you know, I mean, hot. Look, I've been to Honolulu recently. It's still nice, you know, but it's all stockbrokers. The whole vibe has changed. There's a Starbucks on every corner. It's crazy. Yeah. I'll just say this: I hope that Puff held on to that real estate because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if he decided to sell at some point. He will be kicking himself now. It's really tough. You got to make sure you know the Hanali market really yeah. well, really well. Yeah. You air, you Airbnb a cave, and uh, you are in some good times. By the sea, friend. I mean the views in the autumn. 
gorgeous. Gorgeous. <laughs> the leaves are changing. Beautiful. Yeah, it just it's a little misty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Perfect yeah. for no. frolicking. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like the ad writes itself, guys. Yeah. Like we're already... It's a little we bit of a fixer-upper. <laughs> it's sea-adjacent. Uh, we'll have to deal with depressed dragon, but um, <laughs> we'll get there. So, Puff the Magic Dragon lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Hanali. Little Jackie Paper loved that rascal Puff and brought him strings and sealing wax and other fancy stuff. Oh, already I'm getting already I'm getting choked up. You know what I always wondered? Now I, I know I know that in context clues and the whole thing that obviously obviously Jackie Paper is a boy, is a little boy, and mm-hmm. Puff is a toy dragon, right? Well, okay. But, can you can you end that thought? The name Jackie Paper. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like, what if Jackie Paper is the imaginary one and Puff is the real creature? And it's Puff's like loss of imagination that makes Jackie go away and Jackie is no longer coming around because it's Puff who is losing his childhood. Like, losing his innocence. Now, here's what I'm loving right now. Yeah. Rachel is pitching the gritty reboot (laughs) of of Puff the Magic Dragon. It's just called Puff. (laughs) She's She's like, what if we flip it? Now, everyone knows that Puff is the imaginary friend of Jackie Paper. But what my Netflix series presupposes is, what if he isn't? <laughs> well, this is also, I will say this, and I am, I, am, I am not on drugs, and this song is not about drugs, but isn't that kind of a conversation starter that people would have if they were smoking and talking about Puff the Magic Dragon at the same time? Totally. <laughs> you got to play it backwards, man. Yeah. Now, I, mean, I guess now is a good time. To bring this up, I mean, you've already touched on it, but the nature of what Puff the Magic Dragon is, because you've you've insinuated several times that he is a toy, which I had never once I never thought that, that no that perhaps he was like there was a physical toy of a dragon that Jackie was mm. playing with. I always assumed, if you are to assume this, that he is an imaginary friend. Although I don't even know if that's necessarily true, because Puff continues to exist. After Jackie, you know, no longer needs an imaginary friend uh-huh. or wants or uses an imaginary friend. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I don't know if it's definitive that he is in fact imaginary. It could be a thing where kids can see things that adults cannot. And so Puff does in fact exist. And when Jackie is young and open to the world, he can visit him, but once he has grown up, he can no longer find his way back. So I love that. We'll get to a line later that sort of seals the deal for me. But I, I mm-hmm. love that as well, and I think we can explore that. Um, I think in general that, I mean, I think, I think that whole concept of there's a world that children ca- can see that as they get older, they outgrow um, mm-hmm. is a trope that is very interesting and very cool to think about. 
and yeah. d- and depressing, let's face facts. <laughs> but like mm-hmm. you get to a point and you're like, oh, the magic is gone and you can no longer see the, like this mystical world that is amazing. Um, see Hook. I don't have time great. for you anymore, Puff. I have to go to work and do business. Yeah, exactly. Cell phone call. <laughs> email, email, email. Bye, Puff. Well, I wasn't planning to bring this up quite yet, but I was listening to this song in preparation for this, I sort of had two thoughts. One was, one of the great things about having kids is that you, you read something like the kids' books that you'd never read before. And one book that I was obviously knew existed was not that familiar with, and I read to my daughter when she was very young, is Where the Wild Things Are. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of a crazy experience because you are a grown adult uh-huh. <laughs> reading the book Where the Wild Things Are. And you get to the end and you're like, Man, that was a good book. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> That's a good book. And one thing that's great about it is that clearly everything that happens is in the child's imagination. Yeah. I forget that because he has a name. Max, yes, yeah. thank you. It's all in Max's imagination. But what's great about it is there is never a wink to the audience, so to speak. Sure. Like there's never a point where it's like, you get it, grown ups. Like it just happens. Uh-huh. Like his his room turns into a forest and then an ocean rolls by and he gets in a boat. And he travels a year and a day to the land where the wild things are. And then at the end, his mother calls his name and he can hear her from the other side of the world. And he sails back mm-hmm. and his room turns from a forest back into his room. And it's, but it, you know, it's just like, that's the way kids are because like the line between reality and imagination is, is fuzzy. And so it's awesome. Like, so that's like here again, it's like, you know, there's never a point where they're like, and by the way, wink, wink, this is all imaginary. Like, yeah. it never hints at that, which is great. The other thing, of course, is um, Bing Bong from uh, all right. Inside Out. Nope. Um, nope. And, well, but this is, this is what we're saying is that he continues to exist, right, long after, well, not long after, but Riley has forgotten about him, but he continues to exist. And then he eventually fades away in a scene that, once again, I want to be clear on things that did not happen. I did not cry as a grown man in a movie theater. Um, I don't even want to happened. talk about it right now, Dan. <laughs> so this is a similar, similar situation. Um, but yeah, those, you know, again, those are sort of two, two areas of like, you know, where does this exist? How does, mm-hmm. how does Puff physically right. exist? Flip side, the movie Pete's Dragon... Uh, the Disney movie from the seventies. Once Pete no longer needs Elliot the dragon because Pete has found a family, mm-hmm. Elliot has to move on and right. find another child that that he needs to help. Yeah. And once again, want to be clear, did not cry uh, when yes. Elliot has to leave it's- Pete. Yes. Same thing with Drop Dead Fred. I did the same thing. Cried at the end of Drop Dead Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Just sobbing. I mean, a generational <laughs> trauma. I think we can all agree. The <laughs> the uh, Comedy Central rotation classic, <laughs> Drop Dead Fred. Oh, How man. many afternoons of Drop Dead Fred directly into Baby's Kids um, <laughs> did we spend? Yep, just watching the last three quarters of Drop Dead Fred. <laughs> On those days that back to school was not on. (laughs) I'm fascinated, though, by the idea of the gritty reboot, and I don't think we should abandon Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. I want to see either a made-for-TV movie or a series, you could do a series, where Puff is walking down the street just shouting, You're all imaginary! (laughs) 
if we can get just back to the lyrics real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I do really <laughs> like that. Well, I was gonna say I do really like that because he's a little kid. He thinks that strings and sealing wax are are fancy yeah. things that he can bring to to Puff, which is yeah. which is nice. Just um, but- that's fun. He's bringing him a bunch of consolation prizes from a game show. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. wow! Is it is it the home game? Thanks, Jackie. Uh, a can of Simon eyes. Um, <laughs> but so I, it's, I mean, it's not a new car. It's just string. Okay, cool. It is that thing okay, of whatever that whatever you could find around the house, you make it. You make it the best thing that it can be. Right? Like, oh, here these buttons. This is the gold. This string, these, this is the, these are the chains and and like the pearls and stuff. It's so, it's it's that is childhood, right? Childhood is finding the things that have no value and giving them the most value. Who would wrap up a cat in a box? <laughs> <laughs> Together they would travel on a boat with billowed sail. Jackie kept. On Puff's gigantic tail, noble kings and princes would bow whenever they came. Pirate ships would lower their flags when Puff roared out his name. Oh, Puff the magic dragon! <laughs> <laughs> and this part isn't even sad. It's not sad, but you know what's coming, and it's I just know. so good. I, I do like that they're on. There's still a ship because can he fly? He can fly, right? I. It doesn't specifically say that he can fly, but all dragons can fly. I mean, first of all, that's a stereotype. I don't want to. I don't want to call you out, <laughs> Rachel. But let's not start throwing around the word "all." Okay. That was a question. That was a question. <laughs> I'm just asking questions. Yeah, go ahead. Puff lives by the sea in Hanali. He yeah. has a yacht. Right. Yeah. Like, what's he going to do? Not use that yacht? Yeah. You learn if you live just in Hanali. He can fly? If you live in Hanali, you learn how to sail. Like, your, yeah. your high school has a sailing team. Yeah. 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 So he's, he's just he's using the yacht because, like, it's there. But my question is like, should we should we take the yacht? I don't feel like taking the yacht. We might as well. We have it. We have three of them. But my question is this: Are they traveling on the boat with a billowed sail? Because it is a yacht. Are they are they traveling on the yacht with a billowed sail because because Puff can't fly, or because he's just exhausted? And give me a break for crying out loud! Um, I've frolicked a lot, and I'd like to sail a little bit. <laughs> It's an opportunity to spend more time in that mist. Mm, like through the mist. Yeah. Here's okay. the thing. You have a yacht. You might as well use it. True. Right. We can do fly I anywhere. Because then you have I guess it. also. Yeah. <laughs> I guess also if you want a real answer. You know, I mean, Puff does what Jackie wants to sail. And Puff's like, I'll do whatever you want. You know? True. I mean, having played with, with uh, my son, um, uh, who is who's a young boy? You know, things come up that like uh, Captain America is going to fly over here now, and I'm like, well, I I don't know if Captain America can fly. Well, he can now. All right, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Like so, it's sort of that thing where you know Jackie's like, I want to, I like to go in on a boat. 
Um, and then maybe Puff can fly, can't fly this day when they're on the boat. Maybe he can fly another day. I don't know. You know, and Puff's just happy to be with Jackie. Yeah. That's the important thing. Jackie yeah. wants to go on a boat. That's fine. I mean, Puff's like, look, this is kind this is not really, this is below my skill set. You know, uh, I'm not really living up to my potential. Um, I can fly. I can breathe fire. I don't know if you're aware of that part. Yeah. Uh, we could have like a hot air balloon, but no, nah, you want to take a boat? It's fine. It's all right. We can do boat. It's all right. We can... It'll take longer, but that's okay. It's fine. That's okay. It's fine. We got time. We got time. Yeah, I got plenty we'll of trail mix. It's good. But it, it, I think it's also, there's something very like performative and presentational about it where if if they fly, then the noble kings and princes wouldn't have an opportunity to bow Right. Before oh. Jackie and and his dragon friend. Yes. Yeah, it gives them the time as they sail slowly by for them to yeah, be exactly. presented to the court. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think within the context of the song, there's there's something there there's almost more of an adventure to it that they're they're sailing before kings and princes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just more happening. Then, like, yeah, you know, he'd fly me around. Like, it, yeah. it becomes more, more of of like a fantasy. Well, and again, world. you know, to, again, to a certain degree, maybe it's like taking a road trip. I mean, sure, you could fly to Phoenix or whatever, but isn't it more fun to take a couple of days and drive across country? You know, that's yeah, what they're doing. That's they're, right. They're, they're basically like an old couple in an RV. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. That's that's they're just, they're taking their time getting there. They're not in any rush. We don't take advantage of living in Hanali. We should right. just sail. Yeah. We live by the sea. Yeah. There's yeah. so much autumn mist. The so, autumn. We should uh, sail in the autumn. Just do it. Well, there's so many pirates to yell at. <laughs> right. Well, as I was going to say, when the pirates lower their flag, it's because Puff is yelling out, I'm Puff the Magic Dragon, and I'm sailing in a boat and not flying, and I'm totally fine with that, um, <laughs> is what they're yelling, is what he's yelling when they lower their, like, just put the flag down. But look, he seems pissed. Just put the flag down. I don't want to get involved with whatever fight they're having. <laughs> Do not get in the middle of Jackie Paper and Puff. Don't, you, let's not. Trust me, uh, right? Whatever's let's happening just... on that yacht, Let's keep it mm. on that yacht. Bring it down. <laughs> bring the sail bring down. The flag. Bring the flag down. Just bring it down. It's fine. It's fine. It's whatever. I know we're pirates. I know. Our whatever. But bring it down. I don't want to deal with that. Don't want to deal with it. Look, I bought some land in Hanali. I have a feeling it's going to go way up. It'll, everything. <laughs> we're just. This is just my day job right now. That's my retirement. Hanali, I got Hanali. I got I got three caves over from Puff and everything's gonna be great. I'm gonna we're gonna put in a bubble tea, I think. Yeah, we'll put in a bubble tea. <laughs> it's gonna be big. And it's it's gonna be great. It's gonna it's be a lot gonna of fun. It's gonna be real big. Real big. By the way, you gotta love a you gotta love a dragon that can frolic and roar. Man. Yeah. That's two sides of a coin right there, baby. <laughs> he's that's true. he's multifaceted. Yeah, he really is. Get, I mean, get yourself a dragon that can do both. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. He's got layers. Let me ask you this question. Let's talk another, the nature of reality here. Mm-hmm. Jackie Paper, okay? What time period is he living in? Is he, is he just pretending about kings and queens and pirates, or does he live in a time? Like, is this, is this 1960? Is this 
1820? Is this 1650? When, where I'm, give me a rough estimate of where you think we are. I, I always thought it was like 1960s. I always okay. thought it was like, yeah, I, it's just that he's, you know, thinking of the, these different times. One of the things I think that's great about this verse is that there is nothing sad about it. But even before you know the song, you get to this verse and there's just something like, this isn't going to end well. Yeah, they're having too good a for time. Heartbreak. Well, it's you know, it's literally like the cop who's like, "I'm two days from retirement," right? It's too good. <laughs> yes, things are things are too good between Puff and Jackie right now. They're having way too much fun. They're 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 on top of the world. Kings and queens are kneeling for them. Pirates are putting down their flags. There's no way this is going to end well by the end. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We've seen this movie before. Yeah, it's it's very like, oh, they found Bing Bong. A dragon lives forever, but not so little boys. Painted wings and giant's rings make way for other toys. One gray night it happened, Jackie Paper came no more. And Puff, that mighty dragon, he ceased his fearless roar. His head was bent in sorrow. Green scales fell like rain. Puff no longer went to play along the cherry lane. Without his lifelong friend, Puff could not be brave. So Puff, that mighty dragon, sadly slipped into his cave. Here it is. You know, before we do this, I want to bring up something. (laughs) How about we just stop here? Well, one thing I like about this song, and there's many things to like about it, is is the sort of the specifics that maybe are not necessarily necessary, but the fact that they, his name is Puff, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But then, like, they name the land where he lives, which is Hanalee. It's not called, like, Imagine Land. Yeah. It's not called, like, Dragonville. It's called Hanalee, which is, like, weirdly specific yeah. and, like, kind of out of left field. And then even Jackie, Jackie Paper yeah. is, like, a weird name. So what weird that you're, like, but, but it's so weird that you think, like, well, that must be true. Because who would make up a name like Jackie <laughs> Paper? Like, that must be his name. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just, as a side note, I was at the Mets game the other day. We got into the topic of, like, I can't believe there was a man who was just named Daryl Strawberry. That was really just his name. And we all just accept it because we're used to it. But whose last name is Strawberry? That's crazy. So it's sort of the same thing here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I love it. All right. I'm, I'm vamping here. because Jackie wanna... Paper, though, sounds a little bit like it's a, a nickname. That yeah. he got from, but I don't know. Think just, he's a, is he a mobster? He's a, he's a mobster. <laughs> I think he's a mobster. <laughs> he's he's, <laughs> he's a counterfeiter. <laughs> hey, you need some bucks? You go to Jackie Paper, eh? Hey, <laughs> Puff, it'd be a shame if this uh, auto miss burned down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say, Jackie. Let's hey, go on our boat. You go to our guy in Hanalee, Jackie. <laughs> hey, uh, Puff, you're uh, you're gonna be my muscle against the pirates, all right? <laughs> oh my God, do you think that's why the kings and pirates would bow before them? Yeah. Like, were they? Yeah, they gotta give them their cut. Were yeah. they just 
running some sort of like organized crime syndicate in, <laughs> in Honolulu. Yeah, I think so. Uh, um, all right. Uh, enough vamping. Let's let's rip off the bandaid and do yep. this. A dragon lives forever, but not so little boys. Painted wings and giant rings make way for other toys. One gray night it happened. Jackie Paper came no more. And puff that mighty dragon, he ceased his fearless roar. I hate this. So that so, I hate Jackie, this so much. I know, so that, but this a is... dragon lives forever, but not so little boys. But Jackie didn't die. No, 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 no. Right? He, just he, just, he, just he just grew up. up. He just grew up. He just grew up. So, okay. but this is why I'm saying I think he's a toy. I think that he is like one of those big like pull along toys, because he has like a giant. I I always pictured him as like a big like sort of overstuffed toy dragon with like a a ring like a, that you can pull along, like so he's got wheels. And okay. these big painted wings, and so yeah, I guess he does have wings. Um, and then he, and then he, like you pull him along with a with a little ring. Um, so I always pictured him as as a as a toy, and so he just stops playing with him. You know, mm. so see, it's, I always and so okay. he, so it's so he's both. He's an imaginary friend because he is real to Jackie Paper. Right. But he's a toy as well. Yeah. See, I always thought of him as being like an imaginary friend because there's there's almost something more tragic about um if he only exists in Jackie's mind, he'd just stop thinking about him. I get that, but then right. tell me what that second line in the verse means. Well, because I used to play because he would bring him string and sealing wax. Yeah. And and other fancy things. So like he's like he would he would play with his imaginary friend Puff and they would play with painted wings and giant rings or whatever. Um, but now all that has been put away along with Puff. Yeah, I okay. don't think it's specific to the, the physical toys. I think it's I think it's it's the things of youth and childhood make way for I don't know what do you what do what do adults do like palm pilots and briefcases and... <laughs> sure yes yeah okay Car so I, I, I'm fine with I mean, either I'm fine with either way I'm not gonna fight it but then when we get into the next verse I will then tell you what my thought is about about him being a physical toy I mean I also want to be clear like we're we're slicing the astronomy real thin here like it doesn't super matter whether or not there's physically a toy or whether or not he's like strictly a an imaginary friend like the point is is that he thought Puff was real. Correct. Um, and then he forgot about Puff and no longer needed him and moved on to Ugh. to other things like I'm just gonna say it, necking, probably. Um <laughs> and so no longer <laughs> no longer needed an imaginary friend slash. And toy it's sad to because with. it's he says he ceased his fearless roar because because Jackie was his roar. Because he can't he doesn't have a roar, so if he's playing <laughs> right. Jackie is both Jackie's voice and Puff's voice. It's like everyone was afraid of Puff, right? Mm -hmm. And his roar. But really, it was Jackie. Without Jackie, Puff's got nothing. You know what I mean? So yeah. Jackie kind of dreamed him into existence. And without Jackie's thoughts behind him, without Jackie thinking of him and 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 creating these scenarios where they're playing together 
uh, there's there's no Puff. Right. It's almost like Puff could say to Jackie, did you ever know that you're my hero? <laughs> you're everything I wish I could be. I can fly higher than an eagle because I'm a dragon and I have wings, but you are the wind beneath my wings. Beneath my uh, This is great. Wings. Let's just do all the songs that make us cry. <laughs> Get all them all out of the way. Rip all the um, band-aids off. Because that so, song's from Beaches. So let's talk about Beaches. Who wants to cry a little bit more? Here's where... No, Barbara Hershey. Here's where um, Peter, Paul, and Mary are a little sadistic. Because they don't even give us the reprieve of a chorus in between these two verses. Mm -hmm. We go directly right into the second verse where we are told his head was bent in sorrow, green scales. They fell like rain. Puff no longer went to play along the cherry lane without his lifelong friend. Puff could not be brave. (laughs) So Puff, that mighty dragon sadly slipped into his cape. (gasps) Oh, sorry, I had something caught in my throat there for a second. Um, someone, someone take it. What do we think? So I'm going to go back to him being a toy. Uh-huh. So this is a toy. I'm going to cry. <laughs> this is his head bent in sorrow because uh-huh. as a stuffed animal, as he gets mm. older and older, he becomes and mm. be, is used less. He has a long neck because he's a dragon, and so yep. his stuffing comes a little less, a little misshapen, and so his head bows down more, and his scales that are probably sort of that like lighter material start to become mm. frayed and come down, so they fall like rain, and he slips into his cave like the attic or a toy <laughs> or a toy chest that just gets locked away somewhere. And he slips into his cave and nobody sees him anymore. Oh my God. <laughs> my God. So you see what I'm saying? That's sad. Mm-hmm. As a toy, that's real sad. But that's why I'm sa- it's, that's why I pictured him as a toy is like this is not only you're seeing him as the dragon b- bowing his head in sorrow, but you can picture a toy over the years of not being used becoming more and more like misshapen and old and you know decrepit and then being just tossed into an attic or something or a basement Mm. so Mm -hmm. (sighs) here's one problem with you saying that rachel Mm -hmm. i am currently in my basement yeah and in a (laughs) box in a shelf behind me yeah is my favorite doll when i was a kid (laughs) you gonna go grab him it's sitting in a box right now. You know what? I got news. He's not looking so good. You want to know what he? You want to know what he is? A dragon. He's Garidle from the Great Space Coaster. Anyway, um. <laughs> but it makes you feel he's, like... in a, he's in a box. He went into his cave. Right, he's, he's in there right now. Guess what? Just, just waiting, just waiting for old Daddy Boy to come back and play with him. You know who's behind me right now? Who's that? My teddy bear. <laughs> just sitting there. Yep. Not been used for a while. <laughs> I feel like I gotta give him a hug. <laughs> oh. 
I was in Hanalee this afternoon, so I don't know what you guys okay. are talking about. <laughs> Michael's like, I have a standing tea with my imaginary friend. Uh, yeah, me and my dragon hang out all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, you guys uh, have have trouble and uh, can't get it together. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm doing good with my imaginary friend. Yeah. You know what? You got to make the time. It's true. It's true. It's so tough. It's so tough. Everybody's busy. You just have to. But, you have to make the effort. But my teddy bear is not on Facebook. I'm like, get on the socials. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, um, I have no opposable thumbs. Also, I am an inanimate object. Also, I'm worried about security. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like. I don't like Musk having my uh, personal information. <laughs> We're connected on LinkedIn, but does that really make us friends? Right. right. Oh, that's tough. And I feel like that's he probably tough. never checks it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. He's like special skills, teddy bear, mm-hmm. <laughs> cuddliness, uh, um, button nose. And then he wants me to write him a recommendation. And I'm like, what am I supposed to say? I don't know. I barely know you anymore. <laughs> Work experience being a teddy bear. All right. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? You were there when I lost my first tooth. Like that. Right. Uh, what kind of Come experience on. is that? I can't give you a recommendation for anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, his management skills. Sure. Oh, that's true. He's very good. He was good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And actually, yeah. he's excellent on Excel. But aside from that. <laughs> I should say that. I should say that. Um, he knows all the formulas. It's yeah. really cool. Can count to three. <laughs> so, I mean, look, little boys grow up. What do you want me to say? Um, it happens. I'll tell you what I like this way more than is that stupid given tree. You know what I mean? Because that kid, what a piece of crap that kid is. You know what I mean? At least Jackie, he grows up. He's not asking Puff for anything. Yeah. He's just like, look, Puff, I can't come around anymore. I'm all grown up That's now. That's it. But he's not taking them apart piece by piece. Yeah. Like that kid. Ah, oh, man. If there's one if there's one fictional character I'd like to kick in the teeth, it's that stupid kid from The Giving Tree. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> I hate that kid. Oh, man. That kid grows up and just deforests that one tree. Terrible. Yeah. Awful. Um, all right. So Puff is Puff is big sad. He's sitting in his cave. And that's that's where we're left. That just. That's the thing. And that's one of the things that, that I think I find so upsetting about this song is the fact that that's just where it ends. There's no yeah. resolution beyond that. There's no. Well, I'm. Because I'm also surprised that, and I'm not surprised, but like I like I invoked Pete's dragon, like that Puff doesn't get another kid. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. He had one kid. He had one friend. And once that kid's gone, he's like, you know, because like, I'm, I'm sure there's got to be some cartoon special, right, about imaginary friends. And once, once, once kid grows up, they get back in the system and they have to go, find, you know, they find another kid or whatever, like that premise. Like, it's just, it's just. Again, it's just crazy. Like, that's it. He got his one kid, and now that he's gone, he's gonna—he lives forever, guy. He lives forever, so he's yeah. going to sit sad in his cave forever. It will never end. His depression will literally never end. That's the reality of some toys or imagination. Sure, you know, like you think about again. Think about like the how many basements are there? I'm—I'll say this: I'm a big fan of online auctions not to buy them but just to look at them you would not believe how many like 
just huge lots of the most decrepit looking toys from clearly the 1960s and 70s there are that have been just sitting in somebody's basement for the past 60 or 70 years, just weeping in their own little caves. (laughs) Rough. Anyway, from here on out, I'm buying them all and giving them another life. (laughs) That's sort of the, the worst part of it is... There wasn't like this, this, and this is kind of life too. Like there's, there wasn't like this goodbye. Like Jackie just stopped showing up. Yeah. Right. Just one day he stopped showing. Mm-hmm. He wasn't yeah. like, I won't be back. Puff. Like this is goodbye. He just. Yeah. It wasn't Harry like, and the Hendersons. I'll see you tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Get out of here. Can't you say I don't love you anymore? Get out of here, Puff. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you see we don't want you? He was just like, I'll be back tomorrow. And then just one day, Puff was like the appointed time, and he knew it. He knew what had happened. Yeah. He was all grown up. Mm-hmm. Rough. So Puff the Magic Dragon lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Annalee. Puff the Magic Dragon lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called Annalee. All right, man. All right, you guys want to talk expanded universe? I guess. I mean, I don't I don't know. want to do anything. Oh, God. Expanded universe. I do agree with Michael. I don't have a direct connection, but this is definitely connected to One Tin Soldier, right? It, I think. Oh yeah. Hanali is probably like what, like you know, on the other, maybe like on the other side from uh, from uh the the what was it the Mountain Kingdom? <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's the Mountain Kingdom <laughs> and the Valley Kingdom, and then yeah. you go down a little further, you get down to the beach, and that's where that's where Puff is. That's oh, where yeah. all these. That's where all these like very good but very straightforward uh, metaphors live. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah, very, yeah. very, very clear parables all live in the same section of <laughs> the story song expanded universe. I think, as they were going by on their ship, Puff and Jackie looked up and were like, "Hey, what's what's going on in, on that mountain?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, see, I was gonna say uh, they they looked in the distance and they were like. Man, are those two people being swallowed down by a whale? <laughs> <laughs> they definitely came across huh. a mariner. Huh. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't have made them uh maybe we shouldn't have made them take their flag down. <laughs> paying a little bit more attention to uh to that whale that was coming. <laughs> yeah. We really distracted them from that big whale. All right, well here's someone who uh might also live in Honolulu. Uh-huh. Maybe like in a little boat in a little uh Waterside Village, uh, Brandy. I think. Uh, oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think maybe Jackie Paper is her sailor? Is that who she's waiting for? <laughs> I don't know how Jackie's, to feel about that. Jack, Jackie's, Jackie left someone else behind. His, <laughs> his life, his love, and his lady was the sea. I truly. Maybe he was out. Wait, maybe. Hold on. Maybe he's out there looking for Puff. Maybe that's why he can't settle oh, there down. You go. He's forever on a quest to find Aww. Puff. He can't get back there. Aww. He can't get back there because he's all grown up. He can never go back to Hanalee, but he's looking, guys. He can't stop looking. That's beautiful. For his old friend Puff. I kind of like that. Yeah. It's a little weird, but I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, Jackie and Puff parted ways, but I think someday in the future, in the sequel to this song, Puff shows up at Jackie's front door and uh, 
says, I could hardly believe it when I heard the news today. I had to come and get it straight from you. <laughs> they said you were leaving. Someone swept your heart away from the look upon your face. I see it's true. Mm -hmm. How am I supposed to live without you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got it. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just hope that maybe, that maybe uh, Puff can get himself out of his cave and maybe mm -hmm. find his way to a bar where somebody is singing for the lost and the lonely. <laughs> Aww. Because I think he could use a friend like Pearl, and Pearl yeah. could use a friend like Puff. Oh my god, if they found each other. Right? How great would that be? Mm -hmm. It would be a little bit weird if Pearl was on stage and <laughs> said something like, uh, this next one is for that dragon in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, she's lost it. <laughs> well, she's officially lost, so she's talking about dragons that aren't there. Oh, boy. And at that point, you know it's closing time. Hey. Hey. Uh, all right. Let's leave it there. Take a quick break, and we come back, we'll talk about the history of this song with Story Behind the Story. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. All right, we're back. It's time for a story behind the story. How did this story come to be, Rachel? Mm-hmm. Please tell us about Mary, Paul, and Peter. I put them in alphabetical order. <laughs> <laughs> and Puff, still in alphabetical order. I hope the backstory isn't as sad as the actual story of the song, because I can't handle two segments. Mm. Well, Michael, I've got bad news for you. Uh, <laughs> Turns out Mary was uh, imaginary all along. Well, I got, I got news for you. There is sadness in this backstory. Awesome. So, What's great about this episode is we just wrapped up our Summer of Symbolism, so uh -huh. this is a good way to start our Autumn of Sadness. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Which will yeah. most likely be followed by our Winter of Discontent. Uh, yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. 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 And then our Spring Awakening. <laughs> anyway, so Puff Magic Dragon was written by... Peter Yarrow and Leonard Lipton. We'll get into that later. 
where Leonard Lipton gets into comes into this whole thing. Uh, and it was recorded by Peter, Paul, and Mary, not in alphabetical order. And it was released January 1963 on their album, their second album called Moving. It was a, a pretty big hit. Um, but before we get there, I will say that it was actually written by Peter Yarrow even before he joined the group Peter, Paul, and Mary. He actually wrote it when he was a student at Cornell in 1959. Basically, how the story goes is that a fellow student was visiting his dorm room or one of his housemates. So, okay. So Lenny Lipton came over to his house. He was, he was working on something and he got distracted. And he, ha he had this idea for a poem based on an Ogden Nash poem called The Tale of Custard the Dragon. And basically, good old Lenny thought, I could write a better dragon poem than that. And mm. he saw a typewriter. He put paper in the typewriter. It made this sound. Mm -hmm. And then he typed out a poem. And then I guess he forgot about it. And then he vanished into the night. And... Later, Peter Yarrow came home and saw this poem in his uh, typewriter and said, my God, this is amazing. And he added music to it and poof, puff was born. <laughs> um, and they sort of lost touch. I mean, who among us mm -hmm. has not... I broken into someone's house. I don't understand why Peter was not home at the <laughs> time. Were, he, but he who wasn't... among us has not been in someone else's house when they are not home? Thought, what a hunk of crap uh, Custard the Dragon is. I mean, <laughs> just real slapdash B-rate work on that one. Yeah. Wrote up uh, a new poem on a typewriter and then, gosh darn it, just forgot all about it and left it behind. Tell us all this time. Uh, song is old as rhyme. We've all been there. Yeah. It's happened to, it's happened to the best of us. It's happened to the worst of us. It is a universal across time for humanity. Yeah. We all know what you're talking about, Rachel. We don't need to continue this conversation <laughs> anymore. <laughs> we all got it. Especially the part where he looked around and said, is there a typewriter? And he said, oh, it's 1959. There's one in of every corner of every room. Well, yes, yeah, of course. Of course there's a typewriter. Basically, what it is is it's it was a it was a house it was a college house so there were uh -huh. probably twenty dudes living there, and there were mm. probably sixty typewriters because and it they're was all the 50s. talking about custard the dragon and what a yeah it's Cornell. garbage poem it's Ogden yeah. Nash yeah, yeah of course they're talking about custard the dragon <laughs> apparently custard the dragon is about this girl who she has all these pets and she has a dragon and he's a big coward. Anyway, so okay. he wrote I did it, like whatever. when you said uh, that he thought I could write a better dragon poem, mm -hmm. you know, a very famous genre of poetry, <laughs> the yeah. dragon poem. I mean, there's more than one dragon poem. There's at least two. Yeah. I also thought that when you said that a fellow student came to visit him, I thought you were going to say, and that student was a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Can imaginary. I <laughs> would have been a this. more straightforward backstory, but I've done a quick I've done a quick Google here. Uh-huh. Ready? <clears throat> Belinda lived in a little white house with a little black kitten and a little gray mouse and a little yellow dog and a little red wagon right. and a really truly old little pet dragon. 
yeah, this is crap. Uh, <laughs> this is garbage. It, and it goes on from there, folks, for like yeah, yeah. 12 to 14 stanzas. Yeah, um, it's bad. Yeah, I think I could write a better dragon poem. Yeah. Way to go, Ogden Nash. <laughs> but, okay, so maybe it wouldn't be a great folk song, but the dance mix mm. is amazing. Puff. Magic dragon. So he found it. He adapted it. He added more. So Peter Yarrow found this. He added more to it. He adapted it. He added music. And he said uh, later on the second album, Moving, when we were looking for children's songs, we did some children's songs on the first album, including Autumn to May and It's Raining. I suggested Puff the Magic Dragon, and we put it on the album without any thought that it might ever become popular in any important way. Well, guess what? It became popular. <laughs> and it became in important. In an important way. <laughs> so when it did in 1963, uh, he tracked down Lipton so that he could give him songwriting credit. And he did. And that way, as we know, if he gave him songwriting credit, what does he get, folks? A dragon. Uh, like a sense of satisfaction. No, I want to guess he got money. He gets royalties, and he got royalties on Puff the Magic Dragon until his death in 2022. And all he had to do was break into somebody's house, steal the <laughs> typewriter, and think, I could okay. write a good dragon I'm gonna say, poem. I'm going to say, that wasn't my best storytelling up top. <laughs> Fine, folks. I was going to say, if you want to become rich, folks, hate on Custard the Dragon, and it is a surefire way so, to riches beyond your wildest dreams. So the song, as I said, was a, was a hit. It took off like a lot of songs did in those days. A DJ in the Northeast found it and started playing it, and that was it. It caught on like wildfire. The power that DJ wait, like the song Wildfire. It. Yep, the song yeah. Wildfire, Michael. So um, that was how many ta- how yeah. many times? Just one DJ, just one yeah. DJ finds a song, and next thing you know, it's unbelievable. Number, yeah, like just the power they had in their hands. Yeah, that's right. Insanity. Now Delilah's the only DJ that has that power. Yeah, now if you want a song, it's got to be on like Mr. Beast or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what's up <laughs> Yeah, nowadays. Yep, that's right. Um, so uh, so it, it did really well. It hit the Billboard cha- charts. It hit the number two in the, on the Hot 100s. It was mm-hmm. kept out of number one by I Will Follow Him by Little Peggy March. Oh, it's a great song. It hit. You know what's funny? I Will Follow Him. Uh-huh. It's about Dragon. She's following yeah, the dragon. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It hit the middle. She didn't end up following him because she didn't have a boat. That's right. Dragons have boats. Everyone knows that. Keep going. (laughs) Now I am with the look you're giving me. It it hit the (laughs) it hit the middle road singles, which I have never heard this. That's adult contemporary. Did you know that middle road singles was adult contemporary for like a year and a half? Until they landed on the term adult contemporary, they really didn't know what to call it. It was yeah. like easy listening. It was soft rock. Like it's, it's been everything. And then like. So yeah. weird. Eventually they landed on adult contemporary and it was like, that's, that's a, a good non-offensive way to talk about popular music. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, because Middle Road sounds yeah, yeah, offensive. No. Yeah. It's like, well, what do we call it? I don't know. It's just kind of eh. Oh, just it's okay. Like, it's middle road. 
I think they're talking about the tempo. Yeah. It's like it's it, what would be on on the AC charts. It would be it's yeah. it's right. kind of mellow. It leans towards ballads. I mean, for six months, it was called the music your dad likes. Uh, right. charts, but they didn't. <laughs> well, they changed that. It hit number one on that, which clearly it should have. This next one shocked me. It hit number ten on the R and B charts. I mean, what we've talked about this. Before. It's I don't bizarre. know what was going on. I don't think they knew what R and B was. No, then, they clearly right? did not. Because I mean, I we famously we talked about how the Monster Mash hit the R and B charts. Like <laughs> right. that doesn't make That's any true. sense. That's true. That's so, true. So, I mean, I guess maybe just bizarre. fictional, like fictional monsters. Yeah. They were just like, I don't know. It sounds like yeah, R and B to me. To let's put it, let's yeah. put it over there. Yeah. And. And as I've said a million times, I don't understand how they figured that out. Was somebody like, hey, I want to buy this Peter, Paul, and Mary album. By the way, I'm buying it as an R&B <laughs> album. Right. Write that down. Tell Billboard that I like it for R&B. Yeah. Okay? And the guy might be like, I'm Middle Road. Okay, that guy's Middle Road over there. Mm-hmm. So write that down. Mm-hmm. Like, who? how did they figure this out? Anyway. It's so weird. They sent out a mailer. <laughs> But Dan, to your point, like the the Monster Mash was number one on the R and B charts, but it was also number one, as we said, on the Monster charts. Rachel, how did this That's do true. on the Monster charts? Uh, it was like number four on the Monster charts because they mm-hmm. was they weren't sure if he was there or not because he was imaginary. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. What are you Makes gonna sense. do? Um. Also, you know, he frolicked and he roared, so they weren't sure where to put him on the Monster chart. Yeah. So. Uh, it also did good in, on other charts as well. It, did number, it was number two on Cashbox, number three in New Zealand, number five in Canada. And on year end, it, did, it was number 16. So not too shabby for an imaginary dragon. There have been a lot of covers of this song, which of, of course has become a children's song standard. So there are a bazillion random children choirs and those creepy, you know, animated children versions of this song mm-hmm. on the uh on youtube but in the 60s it was covered by the andrew sisters trini lopez alvin and the chipmunks connie francis and bing crosby among others and the song was re-released on uh, peter paul and mary's 1969 album peter paul and mommy too okay let's get to it <laughs> so yes Yes, the song is surrounded by a lot of speculation that it is about drug use. For obvious reasons. It is the 60s, and it's called Puff the Magic Dragon. Okay? We get it. We get it, folks. So let's look at the possible references. Okay? You've got Jackie Paper that could stand Mm -hmm. in for rolling papers. Mm -hmm. You've got Puff, obviously puffing, taking a puff on the doobie. You've got dragging, like dragon, which is like taking a drag on a joint. Uh-huh. You've got the autumn mist, which could be like the smoke. You've got cherry lane, which could be like the cherry or like the burning ember on the end of a joint. Mm-hmm. And then this one I didn't know. Hana Lee apparently sounds like a Hawaiian town, which I'm going to not get right, Hana Lei which is apparently famous, of course, for its marijuana plants. I'm concerned with how, how well-versed you are in all of this. <laughs> it's not like I just sat down and I was like, 
Well, here's what I know. <laughs> I did my research, Michael. I did. I mean, I mean, some of it was obvious, like Hana Lee, but the rest I had to look up, like Puff and Dragon. Some of it is obvious. I mean, and again, it's the '60s. Everything seems like it's drug related. But the issue is that it wasn't written in the '60s. It was written in the '50s, and as we know, before the '60s, nobody did drugs. Nobody mm-hmm. did drugs. Nobody I mean, did drugs. I don't want to step on what you're about to say, Rachel, but here's the thing, folks. Is it about drugs? I don't know. But if it was, why would it be so darn sad? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> look at a song like look at a song like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Uh-huh. Okay. Apparently it was a coincidence that it spelled out LSD and it had all this trippy stuff in it, right? It was Julian Lennon had written a had drawn a picture of his friend uh Lucy and he was like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds and John Lennon just thought it was a good name. But what I'm saying is, like, that's a song with, like, a lot of trippy imagery in it. Like, it, may, it makes sense. I get why people would come to that conclusion. Right. Puff the Magic Dragon is not about, like, smoking pot. It's about being, like, sad that you grew up. That's These two things don't match. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. all I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> right. why would it be so sad? If that if that was his intent to be like, I'm going to sneak up like a dr- drug references yeah. by, <laughs> like, the censors, then, like, don't make it so darn sad. Yeah, it's just about a guy who goes on a trip. With a magic dragon. Sure. (laughs) You know, that's it. And, you know, they fly, man. Yeah, Yeah. man, that's fine. But Actually, they don't. They take a boat. That's right, because they're too high to fly. (laughs) So the song was even banned in Singapore and Hong Kong because they thought it was about drug use. But here's the thing. In an interview, I mean, look, Louie Louie was banned in America because they couldn't understand what they were saying and just assumed <laughs> right, it was bad. So right, right. these things happen. Yeah. So, but in an interview, Lipton said, basically, Cornell students were more interested in hoot nannies in, in 1959 than marijuana. He said, I, I, I quote. Do you know how long it's been since I've been to a hoot nanny? Oh, my gosh. This, uh, first of all, it's not the first time we've used the word hoot nanny on this podcast. No, it won't be the, the last. last. No. Um, <laughs> um, we love a good hoot nanny. We love a good shindig. That's right. Um, the this is I love this quote that he has. He said it was Pete Seeger and Michael row your boat ashore, not one toke over the line, sweet Jesus. Yeah, it's like come on, man. So both Lipton and Yarrow have denied that it is not about drug use, and Lipton actually believes that the myth was started by New York columnist Dorothy Kilgallen. And I don't what? know why, but I love that little detail. Is Dorothy Kilgallen. Is she the one that mysteriously died? Yes. Okay, thank Dorothy you. Dorothy Kilgallen was a syndicated columnist. She was like one of the most powerful columnists in the country at the time. Uh, she had, uh, I don't know what paper it ran in, but her column, it was like, I think it was like an entertainment column, but it was. Seems it was to be called- that. Maybe New Inc- New York Evening Journal. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, it was it was called the Voice of Broadway. Uh, she was a a panelist on What's My Line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what her deal was with uh, with Peter Paul and Mary, but I'm fast. I don't think they were ever a guest on What's My Line. But they were. Were they? Yes. They were a guest on What's My Line, and you want to know what? She guessed correctly. Did she? Yes. 
I think this whole thing is a conspiracy. And I think that's why she mysteriously died. Well, well, there's a whole conspiracy thing about about her passing. All puff related. Well, it seems like she she died. uh, This we're getting way off track. Yeah, she died of a combination of alcohol and barbiturates. It seems like it probably was just an accidental overdose. Yeah, that's what they want you to think. Here's the problem: before her death, she did a lot of writing, being skeptical of the conclusions of the Warren report of the Kennedy assassination. So if you wanted to believe that the government had her murdered um, or Peter, Paul, and Mary had her murdered because they're like, stop talking about the drug thing. <laughs> yeah. Both of those things <laughs> yeah. equal weight. I would say both as likely. Yeah, that's right. Um, but anyway, yeah. that's anyway. Dorothy Kilgallen, everybody. <laughs> Dorothy Kilgallen. <laughs> hopefully our entire audience is as fascinated with Dorothy Kilgallen <laughs> as we are. Um, because I and truly said, am. Is this imaginary dragon bigger than a bread box? <laughs> right. Yes. Exactly. Which, if you're not familiar, the phrase bigger than a bread box, which is a common phrase, mm-hmm. originated on the show What's My Line? Yes. By Steve Allen. Yes. So the song Puff the Magic Dragon spawned three television specials. 1978's Puff the Magic Dragon, which followed the story of Puff the Magic Dragon. 1979's Puff the Magic Dragon in the Land of the Living Lies, um, and 1982's okay. Puff and the Incredible Mr. Nobody. Was there I, ever like a, a return to Hanalee that was absolutely terrifying with like a pumpkin guy? Well, I kind of, the Land of the Living Lies is like he befriends this girl who lies a lot, and I, I, I didn't, I, I it was I couldn't figure it out. And then the incredible Mr. Nobody is another imaginary friend of this boy, and he the boy blames everything on Mr. Nobody and is very confusing. But the most important mm. thing is that the voice of Puff mm-hmm. is um the penguin himself, Mr. <laughs> Burgess Meredith. <laughs> I think is love it. insane casting and I love it so much. Oh man. That's Just sitting there. He's like weird. He's, Go get him, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> you got to beat Apollo Creed, Jackie. <laughs> Wrong movie, sir. Wrong movie. <laughs> I don't have, I'm not retaking the line. Use it. Figure it out. I don't have time for this. <laughs> um. <laughs> I got 10 Rocky sequels to do. Uh, in 2007, there was a book adaptation that, um, in illustrations by Eric Ibert, no way that's how you say that name, uh, mm-hmm. gives us the happy ending where Jackie Paper introduces his daughter to Puff. Oh, oh good. Yeah, and Peter Yarrow actually says um, in an interview that he's actually happy that they're able to, to have that happy ending and sort of... Uh, you know, tie everything together. But it's interesting because in another article, I saw that there may have actually been an original final verse that had a similar ending where a boy comes and finds him in the cave and everything, um, you know, and like pulls him out of his cave and everything's happy. And but, What happened you know, to that ending in the song? I don't know because the sheet music is gone and the original poem is gone. So what are you going to do? 
what am I going to do? I'm going to cry every time I hear that yeah, song because say, there's not an extra verse. We could have we could have lived an entire lifetime with a happy song about Puff the Magic Dragon. Let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you this. Go on Google and write Puff the Magic Dragon lost verse, and yeah. nearly everybody on the internet has written a final verse that is the exact same thing, which is Aww. another mm-hmm. child finds Puff and becomes his friend again. So That's sweet. Universally, everybody has the same thought, which is, oh man, I just want Puff to find another <laughs> kid. So why can't Puff just be happy? Yeah, why can't Puff just be happy? Let me let me write this down. Where do I find it? It's www.google. Uh, it's HTTPS colon backslash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, dot com? Dot com, yeah. Okay. So, of course, Puff has made his way into culture all over the place. Um, there's Puff the Magic Dragon jokes. There's one in Meet the Parents where basically, like, Ben Stiller's character says that it's about drugs. And then Robert De Niro's character says it's just about a boy and his dragon. And he says that he's, you know, a pothead or whatever. Um, during the Vietnam War, apparently there was a gunship called the AC-47 Spooky that they nicknamed the Dragon. And then they nicknamed Puff the Magic Dragon, which is dark. Yeah. So there uh-huh. was a warship named Puff the Magic Dragon, <laughs> which is depressing to me. Elon. But but that warship mm-hmm. was friends with all the men on that. And then when they left to go home, yeah. it, that ship was so sad. Yep. And its scales fell. <laughs> and well, we know how that war turned out. Yeah. Um, Elon Musk named his dragon spacecraft after Puff the Magic Dragon. Sounds great. Yep. Orla- the Orlando Magic mascot uh, is a take on his name. It's called Stuff the Magic Dragon, <laughs> which is weird. Um, that, and, that is very weird. And the Flight of the Concords have a song that's a bit of a spoof on Puff called Albie the Racist Dragon. I don't know if you've ever heard it. It sounds more controversial than it is, and it's really funny. Um, and there's a, a video to it because I think it was on their um, TV show that's like a claymation, but it's mm. it's really funny. Um, so check it out. I think there's one. I don't know if that's the episode. There's an episode where Aziz Ansari is really racist against Australians, and he's like yelling stuff at them all the time. And then then at the end, he tells them that they're New Zealanders, and he's like, "Oh, you're New Zealand? Oh, that's fine. I yeah. don't care." Like, I think that I like is, yeah, I think that is it's that episode. Funny. Yeah. Um, so about Puff, Lipton said this. Um, Puff's been a generous, forgiving, and kindly investor, one who has never stopped giving. So thank you, Puff. Thank you, Jackie Paper. And thank you, Hannah Lee. I'm heading your way. Which is very yeah. sweet because he passed away last year. Um, so let's talk about Leonard Lipton very briefly. So he was born in Brooklyn on May 18th, 1940. And as we said, he went to Cornell, where he described himself as a mediocre student. But I think he did all right for himself. And aside from writing the poem that gave us uh, a lot of tears and a beloved character, he was also a filmmaker, an author, and an inventor. In the 1960s, he was an experimental filmmaker with films that played at the Tate Liverpool Museum and at the Whitney Museum. And he also wrote two books on independent filmmaking technologies and methods. But his biggest contribution to filmmaking was as a pioneer in three-dimensional imagery. So his puff royalties and the royalties uh, and the 
the proceeds from one of his books allowed him to follow his interest in filmmaking technology. And he built a prototype of a flicker-free field sequential 3D display system. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Mm -hmm. he founded a company called Stereographics Corporation in 1980 to fund development. And the technology that he created was the basis for the Real D cinema system, which mm. is used in 30, um, on 30,000 screens worldwide. Oh, uh, I that's know. Cool. That's really neat, right? What a twist. So he did all right. And like I said, unfortunately, he did pass away last year. Um, but he was getting royalties up until his death. So it's very sweet. So let's talk about Peter, Paul, and Mary. We're going to talk as much as I can about Peter, Paul, and Mary. I will say this. I have, a very, I have very much an affinity towards Peter, Paul, and Mary. I will probably put, do a couple of personal anecdotes about them. They were very big in my life. Um, they hold a very sweet place in my heart. They played constantly in my family's home. Um, but let's talk about them. So Peter, Paul, and Mary are, uh, is, are? An American folk group, I never know how to say that, founded in New York City in 1961, and they consist of the trio of Peter Yarrow, Noel Paul Stuckey, and Mary Travers. The group was created by manager Albert Grossman, who we have spoken about before, with clients like the band, Janis Joplin, Gordon Lightfoot, and more. And they were actually auditioned out of town in... Boston and Miami, and he brought them together and tried them out at the famous The Bitter End in the village, the coffee house. They didn't like just get find together. each other. No, I am so surprised. Wow. They're like the monkeys. <laughs> I never knew that. I never knew that. No, he was putting together like a folk group. But when they got together, he knew what he had and they hit quick. Though they only ever had one number one single, and it didn't come for a little while. So their first album, Peter, Paul, and Mary. Can I guess what it is? Well, do you want to wait? No. Until okay, later? No. Okay. Um, no. I mean, I, I feel like you know what it is, so why don't you wait until we get to the discography, and then I'll let you say it. Okay. Okay? okay. I won't say it. You'll, you can say it. I won't say I it. I can say you it? You can say it. I won't okay. say it. Okay. That'll be fun. That'll okay. be fun. That's something to look forward to. Okay. Good, good, good. Um, <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> Their first <laughs> album, Peter, Paul, and Mary, was released in 1962 and included songs like Lemon Tree, 500 Miles, If I Had a Hammer, and Where Have All the Flowers Gone. So folk song-wise, pretty good album. It was a top 10 hit for 10 months, and it was number one for seven weeks, and it eventually went double platinum in the U.S. Oh. So like I said, they hit Real quick. Real quick. Can I just say one thing? Yeah. If I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the morning. Mm-hmm. Please don't. People are sleeping. That is definitely so, against. Can you wait till like 1030 at least? Do, yeah. At like least. I think 1030, 11. Also, you have a permit? <laughs> this is a song about someone who wants to do construction before and after work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I promised the second verse was like, if I had a leaf blower, no, stop, stop doing that. (laughs) This is all just annoying, loud things. Yep. (laughs) If I had a drum kit, stop, your neighbors. (laughs) Gravy. My goodness. 
Oh, man. Obviously, at this time, it's it's 1962. They played at the bitter end. They are at sort of the forefront of the new folk scene, right? They have the mm-hmm. forefathers of like Woody Guthrie and that crew, and they are they are hitting at the right time, and they're this sort of the the new class, right? And I would say yep. they are one of the like pillars of this new folk sound, right? Yeah, and this was, correct me if I'm wrong, but this this is around the time where, I mean, folk music had been around, but mm-hmm. this is when it sort of gained that mainstream popularity and started to be radio hits. Yeah, so I, I think, like, on, on, their, um, on their website, they sort of say, like, it was, like, a side act before this. And as as things like the civil rights movement and all those things took hold and uh, protest songs and all these things um, gained in popularity, folk music also gained in popularity and became, you know, more to the forefront. Uh, And I think they just, they just hit that right, that right spot. So, but again, they never, they only hit number one for one song that Michael will tell us when we get there. So in 1963, they released their second album, Moving, which, as I said, included Puff, as well as This Land is Your Land, which their version of This Land is Your Land, if you haven't heard it, it's great. That year, they also performed at the March on Washington, which is famous for being the location of Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. Mm -hmm. So the other thing about them is they seem to be in places of uh, where those movements are taking place. They are very you know, conscious, conscious of where to, of where to take action, let's say, and, and where to put their voices. So, so they sang their version of Blowing in the Wind at that march as well, which became one of their biggest hits. They sang a a number of different Dylan songs. Um, and actually, uh, one of the, a version of one of their songs actually sort of skyrocketed one of his albums in the charts sort of 30 huh. weeks after it had been released. So that had happened in one of our, uh, uh, like, uh, for another person, I forget who, where somebody else had released a version of their song and it made their, their version go up the charts or their album sales go up. I love when that happens. Yeah. So, um, so they released albums every year from 1963 to 1969. Um, so they're, I would say one of their most famous albums was album 1700, which uh, was released in 1967 with a cover reminiscent of Bonnie and Clyde. It's a great album. It played constantly, constantly in my house. Um, It has uh, an amazing, amazing list of songs, including their only number one hit, which is Michael... Lemon Tree. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so much. Is that not right? That's not right. Oh. I'm what guessing it? it's Leaving on a Jet Plane. It is Leaving on a Jet Plane. Yes. So Leaving on a Jet Plane, um, though it did not hit number one until 1969 when it was released as a single. Cashbox described that version of the song, which of course was written by John Denver, as stunning material with an especially fine arrangement 
So as I said, they released um, albums from 1963 until 1969. And at the end of the 60s, when actually Leaving on a Jet Plane was the penultimate number one of the 60s, they decided to go their separate ways for the 70s. And they broke up to pursue solo careers. But they would come back together at times throughout the 1970s to support causes that were close to their hearts, such as the presidential campaign of George McGovern. Thanks for nothing. Um, (laughs) And and I don't want to put it all on them, but, Mm -hmm. you know, they could have sang a little harder is what I'm saying. Yeah. And uh, and uh, concerts to protest things like nuclear energy. Finally, in 1978, they embarked on a reunion tour, which resulted in an album reunion in 1978. And after the success of that tour, the trio decided to reunite in 1981, recording and touring um, into the 1980s uh, and 90s and 2000s. In that time, they uh, recorded a number of albums, including um, 1988's A Holiday Celebration, which is one of the best Christmas albums ever. If you don't have it, you should get it. And you should play it because it's the best. They also, there's also Peter, Paul, and Mary and Lifelines and Lifelines Live of, in 1996. Um, they also did a number of PBS specials, which were very popular in my household. Unfortunately, uh, Mary Travers was diagnosed with leukemia. And in 2009, she passed away at the age of 72. Mm. Um, Peter Yarrow and uh, Neil Paul uh, Stuckey still tour, sometimes as a duo. I have actually seen them live. Um, uh, Dan and Michael both know this story, but one of the funniest things I've ever seen is I went to see Peter, Paul, and Mary with my mother, and we were (laughs) behind these people. And this guy was singing to Where Have All the Flowers Gone? And he was bopping back and forth. And as he was bopping back and forth, this guy next to him was getting upset. And Where Have All the Flowers Gone is like a a very nice light protest song. And these two guys got into a fight during this (laughs) protest song. And it was just one of the best things. Um, And yeah. And so, uh, so, and there are other things that I will keep to myself, but they have a very special place in my heart. Um, but they I got are... your flowers right here, pal. <laughs> yeah, Here's where the on. flowers are gone. And I will say this too. Actually. Flower number one, flower number two. Pow, pow. How about that? <laughs> and, actually, and actually, my mother, my mother saw them a number of times and my mother almost got into a fight with a woman at a Peter Paul Albright concert too. So they, though they are wonderful and folky, you know, you gotta you gotta keep your head on a swivel out of Peter Paul America. Leaving on a jet plane, <laughs> you you're gonna be leaving you're gonna be leaving an ambulance, my friend. How about That's that? Right. That's Pa-pow! right. Yeah. But um I love it. But yeah, they are just wonderful. Their music and their harmonies are just exceptional. And um and yeah, they're just one of the best uh folk uh folk trios that have ever been. Mm. All and right. uh and they're wonderful. I mean, I do like their folk songs, but I dig rock and roll music. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good. Well done, Michael. <laughs> well you. done. Good stance for, let's say, 1967. Good job, Michael. Really <laughs> put them in their place. 
Uh, well, Rachel, thank you very much for that. That was wonderful. Uh, let's take a quick break. And we come back, we'll talk about the lesson we learned from this song with Lessons Learned. Uh, all right, we're back. It's time for Lessons Learned. What lesson we learned from this song? Michael, let's start with you. What lesson did you learn from Puff the Magic Dragon? I learned that you don't mess with little Jackie Paper. Because <laughs> let's just say he made his beloved dragon friend disappear. Mm-hmm. Mm. You think the same thing's not going to happen to you if you cross little Jackie Paper? That's right. I'm not saying anything. It's just that he used to hang out with a dragon, and now he's not hanging out with a dragon anymore, and that dragon disappeared under what has been called mysterious circumstances. Not saying nothing, but he and that dragon and Dorothy Kilgallen both <laughs> hung out with Jackie Paper a lot. Just saying. Just saying. Puff was talking a lot about how the Warren report just wasn't adding <laughs> up, and next thing you know. Next thing, he's in the cave. <laughs> Jackie's not talking to him anymore, so <laughs> you know what I mean. You got yeah. a problem, you talk to Jackie Paper. Yeah, yeah. Puff is uh, sleeping with the fishes down in Hanalee, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, here's, here's the lesson I learned, and I'm going to do it in the internet way. Here we go. Break into people's houses and type up <laughs> rewrites of mediocre poems and become a millionaire and invent new technology for movies. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Rachel, what'd you learn? <laughs> you know what I learned is mm -hmm. just because you have wings doesn't mean you have to fly. All right. Put that on a cross stitch. I was gonna say that sounds like <laughs> that sounds like something to be on like a a, a kitchen towel. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like, like that's like a defeatist motto, but yeah. I'm sticking <laughs> with it. Put that on a towel. Just, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know. Yep. Just uh, because you have wings doesn't mean you have to fly. So right. just stay here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess. Yep. All right. Aspire to nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Demotivational kitchen towels. Yeah. Uh, now available in our store. Uh, copyright, copyright, <laughs> yeah. copyright, 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 yeah. copyright. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Story Song Podcast. Uh, you can follow us on the socials like Instagram, X, and Facebook. Um, and you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever your podcast. Uh, we would certainly appreciate it, and we'll read it on the show. Come back next episode for another great Story Song. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Cassell. We'll talk to you guys then. Thanks for listening, and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Our theme music was written and performed by Jason Flowers. Find him on Twitter at Jason Flowers with a Z. Some of our bumper music was provided by Purple Planet Music. Our logo was designed by Dan Geva. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at story underscore song, and on Instagram at story song podcast. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. The Story Song Podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcasts.com. Thanks for listening. It's the Story Song Podcast. Sorry, somebody was clearly like th
throwing a cart down my stairs. I don't know if you okay. heard that. I oh, can yeah. hear it. Um, it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 